I'm going to continue on with uh, a theme that we started last Sunday morning uh, called Empowered. Uh, and uh, we talked a little bit last week uh, about uh, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit uh, is available to us as believers in Christ to, uh, to help us uh, be better witnesses for Him and to have that power that we need to, uh, to serve Christ. And uh, um, this morning we're going to get into uh, uh, something just a little bit different um, this morning. I'm going to preach to you here in just a minute. Uh, a simple message, amen, that's just basically titled, What Satan Doesn't Want You to Know. I'm going to give you some things this morning that Satan does not want the church and does not want believers in Christ to know and to understand. But before we get into uh, that this morning, I want to kind of lay a foundation for where we are here in Luke chapter number 10. At the beginning of Luke chapter 10, Jesus calls out 70 Disciples. Now, this is in addition to the 12 disciples that he has already called, and he already has this kind of his inner circle, if you will. So uh, he calls out these 70 men, and he sends them out. And basically what he does is Jesus said, I want you to go out, and I want you to go to the cities that I am going to come to myself. I'm preparing to go to these places, but I want you to go before me and prepare the way. I want you to go two by two, and I don't want you to take anything with you. Don't take any money. Uh, don't take any uh, anything with you. I just want you to go, and I want you to preach the gospel. And here's what's going to happen. If these people that are in this uh, particular city, if they hear you, if these particular people in the city receive you, then I want you to stay in that place. And they're going to take care of you because if the love of Christ and the love of God is there in their hearts, they're going to, they're going to honor you and they're going, to, they're going to serve you in that place. And I want you to stay there and I want you to preach the gospel. He said, if that people in that city does not receive you, then I want you to go out into the streets of the city, basically into the town square, and I want you to dust off the dust from off your feet as a judgment and a curse against that city. And in fact, if you read through the book of uh, uh, Luke chapter number 10 here, uh, Jesus says, you know, woe to you, these cities that, uh, that don't receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he says, I'm going to send you out two by two, and I want you to preach the gospel. They do this, and some of them come back. Some of the disciples, the 70, start coming back to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, guess what? You'll never guess what happened. Like Jesus can't guess what happened. Because he knows everything, right? How soon they forget. <laughs> Even the demons and the devils are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, hold up just a minute, guys. Don't forget what we're here for. Don't rejoice because the demons are subject to your name. Rejoice because your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Rejoice because of that, amen. And so he comes to this place, he tells them, hey, look, amen, we're here to preach the kingdom of God. But he says, there is some truth to what you're saying. The, the devils, the demons, the sicknesses, the diseases, all of these things are subject to you in my name. And I want you to look at Luke chapter number 10, verse number 19. This is what we're going to use as our text this morning. Luke chapter number 10, verse number 19. Behold, Jesus says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over, and over all the power of the enemy. 
and nothing, somebody say nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm going to read that again because that's a good verse and it's only one. <laughs> Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You see, as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, amen, we face an unseen enemy. We often refer to him as Satan or as the devil. However, the truth is that Satan or the devil has a, a whole host of demonic powers, fallen angels, evil spirits that roam the earth and are under his authority. In fact, we could say that Satan, is a, in a sense, is the head of the serpent of evil that is in the world today. And Satan and his demonic cartel are out to steal, to kill, and to destroy your soul. The Bible says that Satan prowls around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says that uh, he's an accuser of the brethren, that he desires to steal you away from Jesus and sift you as wheat. The Bible says that he's a liar and the father of lies. The Bible says Satan is a murderer from the very beginning. And it even says that Satan will disguise himself as an angel of light to try to deceive us into believing in his lies and in his schemes. And Satan is a formidable foe. Satan has power. Now, he only has that which God allows him to have. He only goes as far that God allows him to go. But he has power. It is limited, but he has power nonetheless. And it seems like in these last days that in the world as a whole and in the church world as a whole, that Satan is ramping up his attacks on us as believers in Jesus Christ. Because he knows his time is short. He knows that he doesn't have much time. It doesn't, look, it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out that this thing is coming to an end. All it takes is one mistake over there in Ukraine right now. And we're in World War III. I don't think some people realize how close we are. It doesn't take, I mean, a rocket surgeon to figure out that this economic system that this world is built upon is, come, is crumbling in front of our eyes. That our president, as I watched the news last night, is already talking about moving to a digital or cryptocurrency instead of the U.S. dollar. That we see the political upheaval that is in the world today. We see the economic system the way it's going today. And we see the religious world the way that it's going today. And all of this is lining up very quickly to the coming of Jesus Christ and the end of all things on this planet earth. A lot of people can believe whatever they want to believe. And I'm not saying that what's happening in, happening in Ukraine right now is going to be the, 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 the beginning of the Battle of Armageddon. I'm not saying that. But I'm not saying it's not the beginning of what's going to come to pass that's going to bring in the Antichrist and is going to bring in that system, is going to bring in that seven years of tribulation and that is going to bring in that battle of Armageddon one day. We are quickly coming to that point. 
Satan knows that. And he knows that we today believe that before that seven-year tribulation period and the battle of Armageddon and the mark of the beast and the Antichrist and all of these things that we read about in the book of Revelation, he knows that before that happens, the Bible says Jesus is coming back on the clouds of heaven. He's not going to step foot on this earth then, but he's coming back on the clouds of heaven Amen. To receive his bride. He is coming back for his church and his believers. And one day, and one day soon, uh, there is going to be a trumpet sound uh, that goes out from the very, amen, courts of heaven above uh, and rings out across this planet. Amen. And our loved ones that are gone on before us are going to hear that trumpet sound. And the Bible says uh, they are going to rise first. My baby, Hannah, that's in a grave in Baymanette, Alabama, is going to rise first. Grandma Shackle and Grandpa Shackle are going to rise first. Baby Joe's getting up. Uncle Tim's going to rise. Aunt Jenny's getting up. I mean, my family, aunt, uh, my, uh, uh, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, Granny Cox, I mean, every single one that has gone on before us, there is coming a great getting up morning one day when Jesus uh, is coming back for us uh, to redeem us out of this place. And we got to be ready. And the devil knows that, and he is doing everything that he can do to try to stop us from being ready for that moment. He is trying to distract you. He is trying to deceive you. He is trying to discourage you. He is trying to kill you. He may not be able to kill this body, but he can kill your soul in a place called hell if you allow him to do so. The choice is yours, and the choice is mine. But the devil knows that if he can fight against us every way that he can fight against us, he's going to get some of us to give up and quit. But you know, here's the thing about Devin. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to this, what Satan doesn't want you to know. I'm going to get to this in just a minute. Because Satan wants you to think, ladies and gentlemen, that he is bigger, badder, tougher, and stronger than what he really is. Now, he's got power, don't get me wrong. But he wants you to think that he is bigger and badder than he really is. That's why the Bible says he prowls around like a roaring lion. He's trying to scare you. He's trying to intimidate you. He's trying to instill fear in you so that we'll stop advancing the kingdom of God. He will do anything that he can. He's even try, he'll try to bring division in the body of Christ so that the church turns their weapons on themselves and takes each other out. He's trying to impose his will on us so that instead of the church continuing to fly the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, uh, we will instead raise the white flag of surrender and fade into obscurity and ineffectiveness. And Satan wants us to think that he has the power to make all that happen. That there is nothing that we can do about it and there is nothing that we can do to stop it. 
You think that's impossible? You think that none of us could lose our faith to the point to where we give in to the devil's schemes and his attacks and we allow our faith to be weakened to the point that we allow the enemy that foothold in? Let me remind you of a man called Elijah. One of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. This man prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. He raised the dead. He called down fire from heaven. He destroyed 450 of the prophets of Baal on Mount, Mount Carmel. Who, who Their allegiance was to an evil king and an evil queen called Ahab and Jezebel. This man was empowered by God like no one else in the Old Testament besides maybe Moses. 29 words. One sentence. 29 words long from an evil queen named Jezebel. And Elijah took tail and ran like a coward, scared for his life. Twenty-nine words. He went from one of the greatest prophets, the most powerful prophets that we've ever seen in the Old Testament, to running out in the wilderness and sitting under a juniper tree and praying to God to kill him because he didn't want to live anymore. You don't think the devil can get to me and you? You and I are no better than Elijah. And God wakes Elijah up in that moment. He wakes him up and he says, What are you doing? Why are you here? And Elijah's like, Well, you know, God, I, you don't understand. I mean, you know, I, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one standing for you. I'm the only one uh, preaching the gospel. I'm the only one doing this thing. And uh, I mean, uh, here, the, you know, Jezebel's coming against me. She says she's going to kill me. She's going to take me out for what I did to the 450 prophets of Baal. And, uh, you know, I, it just ain't, it's hopeless. And there ain't no we can do about it. I don't know what to do. You know what God told him? Get up. Get up and go. <laughs> Get up and move. He said, listen here. He said, you think it's all over and you think the devil's already won and you think, uh, amen, that the enemy is going to come in and destroy you. But what you don't know is behind the scenes, if you would have just asked me, I would have told you, uh, I got 7,000 prophets uh, that ain't never bowed the knee to Baal uh, and the devil ain't going to win. Amen. But that was the beginning of the end for Elijah. He says, I want you to go anoint this one king. I want you to go anoint this one. And I want you to go anoint Elisha as prophet in your place. And that was the beginning of the end of Elijah's ministry. Because he was so defeated by those 29 words that the enemy spoke over his life. Hey Amen. I'm here to tell us something today. If God is on our side, we are never outnumbered. 
if God is on our side, we will never be defeated. Come on. If God is on our side, then the Bible says we read it in our scripture reading on Wednesday nights here, uh, amen, this past week. When our enemy becomes, amen, comes before us in one direction, uh, he'll have to flee in seven directions, uh, amen, because of the power of God that is in us. He will not be able to stand against the power of Almighty God. Let me ask you a question. If God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody and no thing can be against us. And Satan doesn't want you to know that. <laughs> he doesn't want you to know that he's just full of a lot of hot air. <laughs> can I say it that way? <laughs> he doesn't want you to pull back the curtain and see him for the defeated foe that he really is. As long as Satan has you deceived, he has you under his spell, just like Jezebel had Elijah under her spell. But when you see Satan and his cohorts for who they truly are, they cannot defeat you. So I'm pulling back the curtain this morning. And I want to reveal what Satan doesn't want you to know. And this morning I'm going to give you three simple facts. Now I... I didn't dig through the Bible and find some obscure verse that nobody has ever found before and no preacher has ever preached on before to give you some hidden knowledge this morning that uh, nobody else has. Because I can tell you, there is nothing in this Word of God that has not been preached already. But I'm going to give you three simple truths this morning. Three simple facts from God's Word that you can stand upon and declare victory over every attack of the enemy. Point number one is this. Jesus already defeated Satan at the cross. Satan is already a defeated foe. He's already lost. One of the reasons why Jesus came to earth to die on the cross and be raised from the dead was to destroy the works of of the devil. 1 John 3 and 8 says this, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Not to send a cruise missile. Not to send a javelin, or whatever it is they talk about they're shooting over there in Ukraine right now. Amen. Not to send off a grenade. Jesus came to nuke the works of the devil. And he did it. And he accomplished it at the cross of Christ. And through his death, burial, and resurrection this morning, Satan is already defeated. Colossians 2, 14 and 15 says this, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Verse number 15, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. He's disarmed the devil. And... You know, back in biblical times, what they do, right? They dragged their enemy through the town. When they defeated a foe, defeated an enemy, I mean, they humiliated the other, the other guy. 
And they would drag them through town. And it was almost like a parade. And they would show, amen, here I am conquering over this enemy. I'm conquering over this other king. Amen. And I'm humiliating him in front of the whole world. And I'm showing I'm better and I'm bigger and I'm tougher and I'm stronger. You know what Jesus said? (laughs) Amen. He made a public spectacle of the devil openly on the cross of Christ. So you thought, uh, amen, that the devil thought, amen, that the cross of Christ was a place of defeat. The devil thought that the cross of Christ, uh, amen, was the end. Uh, Amen. The cross of Christ, amen, the devil thought, uh, amen, was his victory over God. Finally, the devil says, uh, amen, that I have won the war against God. And Jesus said, no, you didn't. You go ahead and think that. Three days later, Jesus walked out of the tomb, and he walked out of the tomb in victory with the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he made a public spectacle of the devil, amen, and said, uh, amen, you are not in control, Bubba, amen, I'm in control, uh, amen, and it is by my spirit uh, and my power, amen, that you're going to bow to one day. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of Genesis 3.15. I know we talk about this all the time. Amen. But I want you to look at it again. I will put enmity, God says, between you and the woman, speaking to the serpent who is Satan, and between your seed, the serpent's seed, and her seed, Eve's seed, amen, which is the Messiah. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Amen. Jesus, when he died on the cross, uh, it might have looked like a place of defeat, uh, but Jesus fulfilled Genesis 3.15 on the cross, uh, and he put, uh, amen, his boot, uh, amen, on Satan, and he crushed the head of the serpent in that place, in that moment. Amen. He dealt a fatal blow to the head of the serpent. And one day, Satan is going to be defeated completely. Revelation 20 and 10. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You see, Satan's fate is sealed. He's defeated and he doesn't want you to know it. He's acting like a roaring lion. You hear what I said? The Bible says he is like a roaring lion, roaming about, seeking who he may devour. But what he doesn't want you to know is God, Jesus, has already knocked his teeth down his throat. And all he can do is try to gum you to death. But he wants you to think, he wants you to hear the roar. And he wants you to think, oh my goodness, here comes uh, the enemy. He wants you to think like Elijah did. Oh my goodness, uh, I mean, these 29 words of Jezebel, what am I going to do? But what the devil doesn't want you to know is he uh, does not have the power to destroy you if you are in Christ. Now let me pause here just for a minute, give you a public service announcement. If you are not in Christ, you are open prey for the devil. That's why it is vitally important for you to get under the blood of Jesus Christ, surrender your life to him and get ready because the rapture is about to take place, number one. Amen. But if you are in Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life, the devil has no authority over you. So he wants to roar and think he's a big, bad, tough, mean lion. But what he doesn't understand, I wish I'd have wore the shirt this morning. 
is we serve, Brother John, the lion of the tribe of Judah, who is king of kings and lord of lords. And the Bible says in one place, God of gods. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. The one who was and is and is to come. The Almighty God. He is the one, uh, amen, that we see in the book of Revelation. His hair is white as wool. Uh, his eyes like flame of fire. Amen. His feet, uh, amen, like shining brass. Uh, coming back on the clouds of heaven, riding uh, a war horse uh, that is white and pure and clean, having a sword uh, of the Spirit proceeding out of his mouth to destroy his enemies one day. Amen. His enemies uh, will be made his footstool completely. I know I'm preaching hard this morning, amen, but uh, amen, I just want, uh, amen, you to know and I want the devil to know this morning that we know, uh, amen, that he don't want us to know uh, and this is this, uh, amen, that Jesus uh, has already defeated him at the cross. So the next time Satan roars, remind him who's living on the inside of you. The next time Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Amen. Come on. Come on. That's it. I like that. Amen. Amen. Point number two is this. We've got the power over Satan in the name of Jesus. Satan... Satan has already been defeated by Jesus at the cross, but did you know, child of God, if you have Jesus living on the inside of you, amen, that uh, you have power over Satan this morning. Amen. We know from what we just talked about, Satan is under Jesus' feet. But did you know as a believer that uh, Satan is also under your feet as a believer in Jesus Christ because Christ lives in you? Look at what Paul tells the believers in, in Rome. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. And the God of peace, somebody say peace. We're going to come back to that. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, amen. Now that last part's good, but I like the first part better. Just for a moment. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Now, I'm just going to let that marinate just for a minute. <laughs> you, you mean to tell me that I have the power and the authority to put Satan under my feet in the name of Jesus? And the answer is absolutely yes. Now you try to come against Satan without Christ in your life and he will whip you up one side back down the other. He will tear you to pieces. Just ask the seven sons of Siva from the book of Acts. They tried to cast out of the devil and the devil laughed at them. Jesus I know and Paul I know but who in the world are you? You ain't got no power. You ain't got, no, you ain't got nothing down on the inside of you that can hurt me. And the Bible says, this is embarrassing, but the Bible says that that, that man that was demon-possessed beat them seven sons of Siva up, stripped them naked, and they ran out of the house screaming like little girls. 
with not a stitch of clothes on. Now, there's probably some girls that would have been stronger than them two, them seven guys. Let me tell you that. If they had Christ in their life. I've seen some little old gray-haired ladies, amen, that knew how to pray the fire down from heaven. They'd shout the bobby pins out of their hair. It's probably happened in this church. Amen. It ain't about how big and tough and strong and mean you are. It's about who's living on the inside of you. Amen. And you and I, if we have Christ in our lives, amen, we have the power of Christ living on the inside of us. Uh, Amen. We can put Satan this morning under our feet. You don't have to let the enemy trample all over you. You're a child of the living God. Did you know that? You are a child of a, you are a king's kid. So I, you know, I didn't grow up in a very wealthy family and, you know, I, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth and, you know, I, I had to f- scratch and claw and fight for every little thing that I've got in my life. Yeah, well, that's maybe true in this life. But let me tell you something. All you got to do is surrender your life to Christ. Give your heart to him. And you become his child. And my king has everything that we have need of. Amen? See, you might be a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. You might have had at one time in your life a relationship with Christ. And you might have had a time in your life a, a knowledge of who Jesus is. And you might have had some family members that have told you about who he is. But like a prodigal son and a prodigal daughter, you went out into the world and you've lived your own life and you've done your own thing and you've squandered your life on things that don't matter. The prodigal son woke up one day in a pig's pen. And the Bible says, the King James Version says that he feigned would have eaten of the slop that he was having to feed the hogs. In other words, he desired to have the pig slop but he couldn't even have that. He woke up one day and said, what am I doing? When I was back at my father's house, I had everything that I had need of. I'm just going to go back to my father's house and I'll just be a hired servant. The servants were better off than I were. I'm just going to bow down. I'm going to be a servant to my father and I'm just going to tell him that I'm sorry and I, and I sinned and I've squandered my life, but I, I want to turn things around. And he went back with his head hung low. Walking toward the house. And the Bible says the father saw him coming because I don't, know, I don't really know how long it was, but it, it was a long period of time. But every day that dad got up and he worked in the fields and he tended the flocks and the herds. Every day he would look out across the property And he would wait, hoping to see that son walking over the hill. And one day, he saw a shadow begin to come over the horizon. And he began to look, and he said, I think that's my son. The Bible says that father didn't go to that son and didn't point his finger in his face and says, You messed up. Get back there in the house, and I'll take care of you later. The Bible says the father ran. Now, back then, you got to understand, guys, they wore robes, right? 
he pulled up that row. However, he, however they do that, I've never tried it. I don't know how you run in a dress. <laughs> Some of you ladies might have done it. But he hiked up, uh, amen, that dress. Uh, and however he did it, uh, he ran to his son. And the Bible says he put his arms around him. He kissed him. Uh, amen. He said, hey, 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 somebody bring a ring uh, and put it on his finger. I need some shoes over here. Amen. And put it on his feet because uh, this is my son. He once was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. And Jesus is doing the same thing. For people today who are prodigal sons and daughters, amen, who just need Christ to say, I love you and I forgive you. And when you do that, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Himself, His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes inside of you and makes a home. He lives on the inside of you. And because Christ is in you, I know I'm belaboring this point, amen, I'm going to move on in just a second. Because He is inside of you, there is something in your shoes other than your feet. There is a power that is available to you through Christ to overcome every attack, every deception, every hurtful word, Everything that has come against you that has come from the enemy, you have the power to overcome it in Jesus' name. I'll move on. Number three. As long as we stand firm in Christ, we cannot be defeated. I said can't. <laughs> As long as we stand firm in Christ, we can't be defeated. God has given us everything we need to be victorious over the enemy. He's given us the power to stand up against the devil. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter number 6. In fact, if you have your Bibles, just go ahead and turn there because we're going to spend a, a little bit of time in this chapter as we finish. Ephesians chapter number 6. Beginning at verse number 10, the Bible says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not yours. Not your strength. Not your ability. His might. There's an Old Testament prophecy. Zechariah chapter number 4, verse number 6. This is the word unto Zerubbabel saying, Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Zerubbabel. Zechariah chapter number 4, verse number 6. Not by your power and not by your might, but God said it is by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, that this is going to take place. And the same thing is true here. And this is what Paul is saying here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the schemes, the the, the attacks that are coming against the devil. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand. Sometimes, Brother Chuck, 
when the devil is throwing everything that he's got at us, sometimes all we need to do is stand. Just stand firm in the power of God's might and in the whole armor of God, he says. Verse number 12. But our enemy is not a person. Our enemy is not our neighbor. Our enemy is not a co-worker that we're having trouble with. Our enemy is not those in this life that are warring against us. Look what Paul says. Here's our enemy. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers. I'm sorry, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly or high places. Paul says, your fight, Christian, is not with a person. Your fight is with the devil himself and his demonic powers. Your fight is with the serpent of evil. Satan as the head. Verse 13. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand. Verse 14, stand therefore. How many times is he going to tell us to stand before we understand the words that are coming out of his mouth? I think he's trying to make a big point. Elijah didn't stand. Elijah ran. From a woman... It was being controlled by an evil spirit. And Jesus said that same spirit is in the church today. If you don't believe me, after the service today or this afternoon when you get a minute, go study the book of Revelation chapter number 2 and I believe it is verse number 20. And I think it's the church of Thyatira that Jesus is speaking to, and he says, I got something against you, Thyatira, because you have allowed that woman Jezebel to cast her spell and work her magic on you. Now I'm paraphrasing. He says, it's not a person. It's a spirit. It's not an individual. It's a devil that we are warring against. We are called to love. And even when somebody is allowing the enemy and the devil to use them, we still love them. They are still redeemable. They need deliverance. They need help. And the only way they're going to get it is if the church shows it. We don't give up on those people just like we don't give up on those that are in here. Amen. God forbid. I mean, if I, if I were to say, I shared some stuff Wednesday night. I ain't going back through all that again. But my goodness, if I shared some of the stuff in my life, y'all probably look at me a lot differently than what you're looking at me right now. 
And I'm sure glad y'all ain't giving up on me. And I ain't giving up on you. And I ain't giving up on nobody. We are not fighting an individual or a person. I love, amen, my enemies. The Bible says we are to do that. We're to pray for them. We're to lift them up. I mean, we're to, to reach out to them. We're to help them. We're to try to bring them back to the truth. But I am mad at the devil. I don't like him very much. In fact, I almost titled this message this morning this, Why I Love My Church and Why I Hate the Devil. <laughs> That's a subtitle this morning then. <laughs> Because I love my church, and I love the church of God, not just Farm Hill Church. I love the church. I love church people. I love people who love God. I love being around them, hanging out with them, talking to them, sharing with them. I like going to barn meetings. Amen. And seeing people who are, amen, in a place in their life where they can, some of them not ashamed, just lift their hands and worship God and praise God and shout amen or whatever the case may be every once in a while. I love that. But I hate me some devil. Amen. Because he does nothing but try to kill, steal, and destroy. Where did I leave off? Verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Amen. Some of you got a belt on this morning. Uh, amen. Brother Chris wore his, ga- his, uh, his galluses. He's done taking them off this morning, but he's got his suspenders on there somewhere. And a belt and suspenders. Amen. Gird up your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Come on, y'all shout. Verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, I'm going to give this to you in a little bit different order because this is how I remember them. Put on the helmet of salvation. Step one. (laughs) You can't wear the armor of God if you're not in Christ. Get saved. Surrender your life to Him. Put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, you know what it does? It guards my mind. It guards my thoughts. It also guards my ears. I can't hear some of those things sometimes. And if they do, it filters through the Holy Spirit. It just enters my brain a little different way. So that I don't react in the wrong way, but I react in the right way. Put on the helmet of salvation. Guard my thoughts in my mind. And then we put on a breastplate of righteousness. You know what the breastplate of righteousness does? It guards your heart and your soul. See, Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy your soul, but if you got on the breastplate of righteousness, he can't get to your soul. And by the way, that's not your righteousness. That's his righteousness. Because your righteousness and my righteousness, the Bible says, is like filthy rags. It's his righteousness that we put on. After we've done that, we put on a belt of truth. I don't allow the enemy to deceive and tell me lies, but I stand upon the truth of God's Word and His promises to me. You see, the belt holds all the stuff together. If you are an ancient uh, soldier and what Paul is talking about in those verses, uh, amen, everything from the breastplate to the, the clothes you got on to your sword that is strapped to your side that we got here in a minute it is all cinched up with the belt of truth. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. After we've done that, he says that we are to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. See, I don't think it was a coincidence. I told you to underline that word peace. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The God of peace will shod your feet with peace. And it is the feet of peace that will crush Satan under your feet shortly. You know what that means? Soon. You know what that means for us? Right now. <laughs> Having your feet shod with the gospel of peace. Preparation of the gospel of peace. Taking the shield of faith. Wherewith you'll quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. As soon as you let down your shield of faith, the enemy is able to attack. But as long as you have up the shield of faith, the Bible says there is not one weapon that the enemy forms against you that can prosper. Taking the sword of the Spirit. Everybody pull out your sword. What is the sword of the Spirit? Taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is this, ladies and gentlemen, that is your weapon against the enemy. Everything that we've talked about so far, from the helmet of salvation to a breastplate of righteousness to a belt of truth and feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and a shield of faith is defensive. This is offensive. Not offensive, offensive. This is your weapon. When Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights being tempted of the devil, what did Jesus do to overcome the enemy? He gave him this. He had this word in his heart, Jesus did. And when Satan says, come on man, you're hungry, you ain't ate 40 days and 40 nights, turn those stones into bread. Jesus said, nope. You know what this says? Man shall not, uh, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He says, takes him up on the pinnacle of the temple, says, cast yourself down, and the angels will ca ca catch you unless you dash your foot on a stone. Jesus said, nope, you know what this says? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He says, all right, well, look out over all this out here that you can see. And I, if you will just worship me, I'll give you all of this. Jesus says, nope, you know what this says? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. You ain't got to be some super spiritual superman or woman. All you got to do is give the devil this. Thus saith the Lord. I love what the angel, the archangel Michael, tells the devil in one place. It's weird, it's strange, but it says over in the New Testament, it says in one place that the devil was disputing over the body of Moses. Because some of y'all who read and, and, and are caught up this week, the Bible says that nobody knows where Moses is buried. 
Nobody knows where his body was buried at. And so in the New Testament, it says that, that the devil was contending or fighting over the body of Moses. You know what Michael the archangel said to Satan? The Lord rebuke you. He didn't have to do anything except say, the big guy up there that touched the big sword, <laughs> that's got all the power, by the way, he is almighty God. He is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. That guy up there, he rebukes you. And that's the same thing we can do in our lives today. We can rebuke the enemy off of our lives, not because of our power or might, but by the Spirit of God, amen, that is dwelling on the inside, amen, of us today. Satan does not want you to know that he does not have the power to defeat you. The last thing that was in that section, I don't want to miss it, is prayer. Sometimes we skip over that. Well, we've got the helmet of salvation. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We've got our amen, belt of truth on. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Got my shield of faith. Got my sword of the spirit. I'm ready to go. Now what do we do? Once you put your armor on, you know what you do? Pray. In the spirit. With all prayer and supplication for all the saints. Not just yourself, but you pray for everybody. I pray for you, and I pray for you, and I pray for you. That the enemy doesn't come at you and defeat you and destroy you. Because see, when we're standing together, we all got on the full armor of God. Uh, amen. I believe Brother John would uh, attest to this today. Amen. An army can go out there and they can go out one by one. They could go in a single file line and the enemy would just pick them off one by one by one by one. But when we stand shoulder to shoulder, amen, side by side, uh, amen, and ready to fight uh, and march forward, uh, amen, the enemy cannot defeat us. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet this morning if you're able to stand. I don't know if I kept up back there or not, Brooke, so just forgive me. Maybe I didn't get too out of, out of order. I want to share something with you this morning. I'm, I'm not going to try to sing it. I'm just going to read it to you. There's an old song. I don't know how old it is. I'm... It may not be older than me, so it's probably pretty young. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this to you. I'm gonna read verse number one, verse number two, and I'm gonna read you the course. Give me your hand, and let's agree together that all of our enemies will crumble at our feet. For whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. At the name of Jesus, Satan has to flee. Because for many years now, Satan's tried to stop us. But the church of Jesus is still alive. And like a mighty army, we keep marching forward, winning every battle with the Lord by our side. Because we've got the power 
in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. I'm not going to belabor an altar call this morning. If you need something from God, the altars are open. If you need a help, if you need deliverance, if you need the power of God, amen, to overcome some things in your life, if you want to, amen, that power we talked about last week in your life, it's available this morning. Amen. If the enemy is fighting against you and warring against your mind, warring against your heart, warring against your soul, amen, warring against your family, warring against, uh, amen, uh, your, your job, whatever the case may be, if you need something from him, amen, Simply step out and come, amen. Come to the altar or come up front. We'll lay hands and pray for you, amen, this morning. If you're in the house of God this morning and you need Jesus in your life, he's here. If you need a, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, uh, amen, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that saved my soul is the same Jesus that can save your soul this morning. Amen. If you need, amen, Jesus in your life in whatever way that it is, I want you to step out. Amen. I want you to come forward, amen, this morning, if you will. Amen. Obey the Lord in your heart today. Amen. Because God can deliver whatever it is you're facing and going through. Amen. He can bring you through it. Amen. Satan is under your feet. Three things. If you don't remember anything else I said this morning, remember these three quick things. Jesus has already defeated Satan. We've got the power over Satan. And as long as we got Jesus in our heart, we'll never be defeated. Amen. That's who I am and that's who you are. Amen. And what are we going to do? Well, the only thing I know to do, Brother Chuck, is when the devil gets closer to me, I get closer to Jesus. Amen. We had four points this morning. He added one. That was good. I'm writing that down. I'll have to write it down before I forget, amen, because I'm forgetful. Oh, it's on the podcast. I forgot we had that. I'll be able to listen to it. Amen. God is here this morning. I'm going to pray over us as a church and as a body of Christ. Amen this morning. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we uh, just come to this moment of service, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for Kids Church this morning. Thank you, God, for those that are here. Pray for those not able to be here. God, as we come, God, to this place, we recognize and know, God, in these last days as we draw closer uh, to the rapture and the end of all things, God, uh, on this earth, uh, that the devil is going to fight and war against us in just uh, every single way that he can. He's going to fire every dart that he He's got. He's not leaving any bullets in his gun. Uh, he's going to fire them all. I mean, before this thing is over with. And uh, God, we're just going to stand by faith, God, and we're going to stand upon Your Word with the whole armor of God on this morning. Uh, God, with our helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the Word of the uh, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the Bible in our hands, and God, uh, uh, praying always for each other and praying for ourselves, God, Lord, that we not fall victim, God, to uh, God, the devices of the enemy, God. Let me stand strong in the Lord and in the power in his, of His might, God, of Your might, God, today. God, and may we do all that we can do, God, in these last days. Uh, and if it's all we can do, God, when the battle gets heavy, God, and when it's in the 12th round, God, and it feels like we're about to go down, God, may we just stand firm in Your promises today in Jesus' name. Amen.